over 2,021 years ago. An innocent man was charged with crimes that he didn't commit. The greatest crime that he probably was charged with that he didn't do was that he refused to listen to what the governmental leaders told him to do or told him not to do. He created an uproar and the local authorities started to lose power because people started to follow this man instead of their law. So his crime was more about listening to his father God than it was listening to the laws of the world. It's interesting when we think back in these circumstances that he had gone through, this man named Jesus. Thirty-three years old. Lived an incredible life. A sinless life. He was tempted with every temptation known to man. Where the devil met with him personally in that desert, 40 days of fasting and prayer. The devil himself, Satan, verbally talking with this man named Jesus to tempt him with every fruit of this world, every financial gift that could be. But yet Jesus Christ, he lived in this world but not of this world because he was from a world that was way superior than any world on this earth. And he refused every single temptation. Millions of dollars, billions of dollars, leadership, ownership, presidencies, whatever it would be. And he said, get behind me, Satan. As we think just over 2,020 years ago, what life was like, what it would have been like in the biblical days. This world is the world. The purposes and principles of sin have not changed. Control, dictatorship, rule, governmental structures. Oh yeah, we've changed in technology, we've changed in what we're wearing, we've changed in where we live in the world, we've changed all many, many things, but the actual structure stayed the same. 
This is Easter, our second Easter that we're not allowed to gather together to celebrate the greatest event that's ever happened on the face of this earth. But I want to tell you what, I, I'm, I am going to be as Christ-like as possible. And it's hard in these seasons right now. It's hard. There's real issues, there's real diseases, there's real viruses. There's people dying, which has been ever since Adam and Eve fell from the garden. And sometimes we think it's just so, so tough what we're living in. But I want to tell you what, something Kevin said this morning, he should have just kept preaching. What he said this morning, was Jesus didn't go to the cross as a victim mentality. He went to the cross to fulfill prophecy and destiny. And I want to encourage every one of us to refuse to take in a victim mentality with all the stuff that's raging around in this world. I refuse to live as a victim. I will live in a victorious lifestyle of Jesus Christ, my living Lord and Savior. I will not stand on the foundations of this world. I will stand on the foundations of this word. I will not stand on the laws of this world. I obey them absolutely. My Bible tells me so. But I will live with the law of the word of God in my life, in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. I will stand on the foundation of the word and not of this world. Because that devil is just as dumb, lying, deceiver, as he always has been. He understands patterns. And I truly believe that this is the day that many people watching right now need to adjust their patterns. So the pattern models the life of Jesus Christ. Does not model the pattern of this world. Our fear is in the hands of the Lord. It is not fear of the things of this world. For we are to live with power and fire and strength in the authority of the name, the mighty name above all names. His name is Jesus Christ, the risen Lord and Savior. That's the lifestyle that God has called us into. You see, the tomb didn't hold that man. I want to talk about some of the promises of this Easter season. Oh, the world doesn't like promises. Well, they might use the word promise, but they're not promises. I strangely remember a year ago about locking down for two weeks and then it'll be okay. 
the promises of this world are deception and lies. Maybe you've got addiction problems. Maybe you've got alcoholic problems. Maybe there's something that you're addicted to. I will tell you that addiction is a lie from the enemy. That when you go to get that bottle, or you go to get that drug, or you go to get more food, whatever the addiction might be, I want to tell you that is a promise of the devil who does not know promises. He knows lies. You do not need that. This is who you need. Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, risen Lord. In the Word of God. Yeah, death hurts. It's strong. It's powerful. But life is stronger. Life is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than the wrong things that are being done around us. Our faith in Jesus Christ is the hopeful triumphancy that God has called us into. You see the promises of the word that a man would die, the Lord, but in three days he would rise. <laughs> Why do we celebrate Easter around this world? One of the largest celebrations is the birth of Jesus called Christmas, as well as Easter, his resurrection. I want to read something to you. Tomb you shall not hold him longer. Death is strong, but life is stronger. Stronger than the dark, the light. Stronger than the wrong, the right. Faith and hope triumphant say, Christ will rise on Easter day. While the patient earth lies waiting till the morning shall be breaking. Shuddering beneath the burden dread of her master cold and dead. Hark! She hears the angels say, Christ will rise on Easter day. And when sunrise smites the mountains, pouring light from heavenly fountains, then the earth blooms out to greet once again the blessed feet. And her countless voices say, Christ has risen on Easter day. That was written by an amazing godly man Phillips Brooks. I want to tell you a story. Years ago, there was a lot more newspapers. And I don't know, some of you might have remembered the Dear Abby columns. And Dear Abby wrote in response to someone's questions. She wrote, a young man from a wealthy family was about to graduate from high school. It was the custom in that affluent neighborhood for the parents to give the graduate an automobile, a free car for the graduation. Billy and his father had spent months looking at cars. 
And the week before graduation, they found the perfect car that Billy just loved so much. And on the evening of Billy's graduation, his father handed Billy a gift-wrapped Bible. Billy was so angry about getting a Bible that he threw it down and he stormed out of the house. Billy and his father never saw each other again. Billy was expecting a car, not a Bible. It was the news of his father's death that brought Billy home again. And as he sat one night going through his father's possessions that he was to inherit, he came across that Bible that his father had given him years before. With tears in his eyes, Billy brushed away the dust and he opened the Bible to find a cashier's check dated the day of his graduation in the exact amount of the car that they had chosen together. As I was thinking about this story, I couldn't wonder but think about how many people in this world have done the same thing to God. Literally tossed aside wonderful promises because they just did not understand it. Or they didn't believe that it was even possible. Promises that they have received by God tossed away because they didn't believe it was possible. In this crazy world, we're taught, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Many of us have probably been hurt by empty promises. Because of our hurt, we're so cautious about anything or anyone that tells that we can have something great. But I want you to know someone who has never defaulted on the promise and his name is God. He has never defaulted on his promises. <laughs> Our television commercials, they can tell us that we can be happy, we can be sexy, we can be rich, we can be famous. If you just buy this product, you'll lose all that weight like overnight. If you just do this, you will be successful, wealthy, and rich. Our world tells us so many promises. I don't want a show of hands, but how many have listened to some of those promises? I even bought some of those pills to lose weight so fast, and you know what? It didn't happen like they said it would. I have some, if somebody wants some, I'll sell them to you for 50% what I paid for them. But you see, God is different. God is totally different. He gives you a promise, whether you listen or you don't, the promises of God are ever and ever amen for life on earth, and eternity in heaven. Instead of 
promises full of emptiness, God fills us up with his promises. An empty cross, an empty tomb, empty burial clothes. Life without Christ is empty. But the promises of God are everlasting. I want to read a, tell a bit of a story. I'm going to use, I'm not going to turn to all the scriptures, Matthew 27, 32 to 28, 20, to John 19, 17, to John 20, verse 10. But it's talking about the promises of an empty cross and an empty tomb. And because the cross is empty, we have the promises of forgiven of sins. We must understand that that cross, when Christ died, was the forgiveness of sin, period. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't even have to be a real good person for it. You didn't have to buy it. He paid the price, the ultimate price with his life. So you and I would have the forgiveness of sins. And I want to encourage us right now that anything that has been holding us back from the fulfillment of God's promises in our life needs to be let go and abandoned in Jesus' name that all cables, bindings, arrows, or hooks that are hanging on to you, cut them off in Jesus' name. This is not the time or the season for you and I to live bound by the lies of this world. This is the time for us to live bound by the promises of God. Let's imagine back to this first Easter morning Probably the sun was shining. Dawn, the, the sun was just coming up. It was early in the morning. And a few of Jesus' followers that are women are on their way to the tomb where Jesus was buried. They, they'd been walking for about an hour. I can imagine their conversation of these ladies walking. Their Lord, Jesus, died, was killed, and his body was lying in the tomb. They wanted to go and prepare the body even some more. As they're walking along, I'm sure they would have looked up and seen the crosses. Because it was Sabbath, they, they wouldn't have pulled the crosses down. The crosses would have hung up there, blood-stained, especially that middle one, where this crown of thorns would have leaked blood all down the back of the cross, where his hands and feet were nailed. There would have been blood stains on that wood. And where that spear pierced his side, and blood and living water flowed from his body. And I can imagine these two ladies, these ladies walking along, not wanting to look, but when they looked, I bet they started wailing and mourning as they kept on walking towards this tomb. 
It's like when someone dies in an accident on the highway. Every time a family member or friend drives by that place, there's an instant remembrance of what happened there. But this was their Lord. This was their teacher, their master. They probably thought was completely invincible. I don't know what went through their heads. But I've lost loved ones. I've lost family members. And I know what my heart has felt like. Some people even to this day say, well, Jesus never died. Let me tell you something. That's a lie of the devil for sure. Because that devil, he would have celebrated when Christ died on that cross. I bet he was dancing and jumping and hollering and all the demons were running around praising their, their dirty devil. No, he was dead. It was approved dead by multiple people, especially soldiers that knew a dead body. Don't ever believe lies like that. Jesus paid that penalty for our sins on that cross. The promise of this empty cross is that you and I stand forgiven right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. You know, sin is a word that the world doesn't like to use that much. It's actually probably not all that politically correct right now. But the simple fact of the matter is that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You, me, every one of us. There's not one of us that deserves what happened 2,000 years ago. Nothing that you or I did to justify what took place. But in all of heaven that rejoice, God loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son. That whoever would believe in him, in Jesus Christ, would be saved and have eternal life. You and I don't deserve it. But God created you and I for such a time as this because they celebrate in heaven when you live with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He paid that price of sin. He died for us for a reason and a purpose. So you and I wouldn't have to live in fear of this world. You and I wouldn't have to live in condemnation. You and I wouldn't have to die. And when we die, go to hell. You and I have the choice to make every day of our lives to be free indeed. Whether you're in jail, in prison, in a pandemic, in lockdowns, don't let any chains of this world binds you.
be bound by the Word of God in your life. Moses didn't live good enough to save you. Abraham did not, nor David, nor Isaiah, not even Muhammad, not even Buddha. No one else has ever lived a perfect life that's offered you salvation through his death and resurrection. The cross is empty, everybody. It's empty. Let's go back to our ladies going to the tomb. After pausing briefly to view the cross, I'm sure they continued on their way down the path to the tomb. And as they go, one of them probably wonders out loud, who will move the stone for us? We gotta remember, this stone was probably two tons or more, 20 men to push it and roll it back and forth. They have good reason to be concerned. It's a few women. The Romans had sealed this stone so no one could steal the body. And then suddenly they feel the earth start to shake and tremor. An earthquake starts to happen. Frightened. I'm sure they would look at each other thinking, hold it, this happened three days ago. When he breathed his last breath, and in the middle of the day it went dark, and the veil in the temple was torn from bottom to top, and the earth shook. Three days later, it's shaking again. As they approach the burial site, the soldiers this whole Roman guard are all unconscious or sleeping. <laughs> and the stone has been rolled away. And an angel glowing like lightning is sitting on the stone. Think of this for a moment. If you went to a grave site today with no guards, And the grave was open. And all of the local police and medical enforcement for your mask not being worn are sleeping. But there's this angel sitting there. Let's read Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 1. Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. I don't know if we have scripture to go up uh, on the screen today. We're having some technical problems with that. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And behold, an earthquake, the earth just started to shake. And an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. 20 men need to push this stone away. The earth shakes. Who 
knows lightnings, whatever happened in heaven, and down comes this angel. We think the Marvel comic movies are powerful. Not, they don't compare to anything like this. And he rolls that stone away and sits on the stone. <laughs> I don't know how he sat there, but I know one thing, all the men were like dead around him. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. They had never seen something like this. First, three days ago, they had never seen, in the middle of the day, the sky go black and the earth shake when a man on the cross breathed his last breath. It changed the world. They had never seen something like this. These guards, these warriors, these were the best of the best because they did not want anyone to steal the body and declare, look, there's no body. They had never seen this one angel. <laughs> Just one. Imagine if they saw the legions upon legions. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. For he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. You see, he didn't just rise from the dead. He's actually going to go before them into Galilee. there you will see him. Behold, I have told you, says the angel. Behold, listen, it's going to happen because I told you this. Verse 8, and so they went out quickly from the tomb. I imagine they went out quickly. <laughs> Try to put yourself into the position of what transpired and was happening complete sorrow and pain, carrying the burial incenses, looking to this hill, seeing three empty crosses with the middle one soaked in blood. And I imagine that they were mourning I grew up in South America in the Amazon jungles of Peru. And when one of the native people passed away, they would mourn for days upon days. You would hear them wailing. Ah! 
day after day, 24-7, mourning and wailing for that dead, the person that had passed. And so I imagine these ladies were walking, trying to talk and cry and mourn at the same time. The earth starts to shake. And they see this light, this beam, this angel come from heaven and push the tomb away and all the guards are lying out. And now the angel's saying, hey, he's not here. He said he was gonna rise again. He is risen and alive, look. Later on, it talks about his burial clothes were so neatly wrapped and placed. If the body had been stolen, they wouldn't have left the burial clothes neatly wrapped. He wasn't stolen. He rose, came back to life. Such an amazing perspective of what God is calling us, talking to us, showing us that the fact of the empty tomb, the empty cross is a fact that is marked into history and that Jesus Christ is the risen Lord and Savior, the only one that has ever, ever, ever hung on a cross, innocent, died, in front of all the only one who was then buried that had been prophesied thousands of years that after three days he would rise again to give you and me freedom not bondage if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you have freedom unlimited freedom A father and a son were traveling down a country road one afternoon in the springtime when suddenly a bee flew through the window of the car. The son, who was deathly allergic to bee stings, he began to panic as the bee was buzzing all around inside the car. Seeing the horror on his face, his seeing the horror on his child's face, the father reached out and caught the bee in his hand and he squeezed. He opened his hand and the bee began to buzz around once again. And again, the boy began to panic. But the father reached over to the son and he opened his hand showing him that the stinger was still in his palm. He said, relax, son. I took the sting so the bee can't hurt you anymore. I want to tell you something. Jesus took the sting of that lying devil, the sting of death. And his palms are outstretched, holes in his hand by those spikes that were driven through them. You see, the empty tomb 
It's a promise of God that is absolutely true. It happened. I want to encourage you because we're going to get ready to have a time of communion in just a few moments. And I want to encourage you to get some bread or some cookies or crackers or some juice or whatever you can drink. Get it ready so we can partake of the celebration today together. But I want to encourage you, if you feel the sting of the enemy, that's a bee buzzing around with no stinger. He lost his stinger at the cross. He lost his stinger on the resurrection day. He's just an ignoring, obnoxious, buzzing sound. Get a big flesh water and smack him right out of your life. Get a sticky trap. Get something. I like those, those little look like a tennis racket and you push a button and it buzzes and zaps them. I love to run around the house bzz, 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 killing all the dirty flies, mosquitoes. Stingerless bee. That's the devil. That's the devil. The only stinger left that is able to sting into you is that if you're willing with your free will to let that devil in, oh, he'll still sting because you gave him the stinger back. But I want to tell you what, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, don't give that devil the stinger. Give him a quick boot in the butt with your foot. Do something. But don't let him sting you in Jesus' name. Cancel it out. Don't let the fear of this world sting you. No matter what happens around us. We are not victims. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He is risen. As we get ready to take communion, I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 22. Starting in verse 19. And wherever you are right now, if you could take out some bread, crackers. I remember sometimes here we've had spontaneous communion. We didn't have any crackers, but we had those little fish crackers for kids, you know, for the kids' department, those little fish crackers. We had fish crackers. I don't care if it's grape juice, wine, just not the whole bottle. 
I don't care if it's Coke, if it's, well, Coca-Cola. Gotta watch what I say now. Chances are people cut that and put it on YouTube. He's a heretic. If you have a symbol of bread, which is a symbol of the body that was broken. In Luke 22, verse 19, and he, that's Jesus, he took the bread, he gave thanks and he broke it. Father God, we give thanks for the broken body that was hung on that cross. We thank you, Father, for sending your one and only Son to be broken so we all don't have to break. You know, Father God, I don't know what you felt when your one and only son cried out in the garden, Oh, Father, Father, take this cup from me. I don't know what you felt, Father, God. When your son cried out from the cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? You had all the power, God, to stop that crucifixion. I wish I had all the power. stopped my grandson four weeks ago from dying. I wish I had all that power. Because I don't know if I would have let him go. I don't think I would have. Even if you had told me, but his testimony is going to be so powerful to many people. I talk to you, God, right now from a man who suffered loss recently and a family who suffered great loss. But I know my hope is not in the ways of this world, in the lies of the enemy. I have a vision right now of baby Jonathan. standing with his Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Many of our loved ones that have known Jesus watch us from the heavens. Maybe it's the cloud of witnesses.
Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This is the broken body that was given to you and to me. Do this in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Let's partake of the bread. Likewise, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup, in other words, my blood, as Jesus would say, this cup is the new covenant. <laughs> it's a covenant made in my blood says Jesus. It's a covenant made by the greatest promise and impact any covenant can ever be made by blood. And that blood was shed for you and for me. Let's drink in remembrance of Jesus. I hear the angels saying, He is risen! He is risen! And Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. I want to tell you, today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of freedom. Today is a day of power and authority. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. That we're called every day to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, and to cast out the demons. In Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you today, on Easter Sunday 2021, to ignore all the things that are going on, crazy things around us, and focus on the one thing that makes complete understanding and sense is that Jesus Christ is alive and he is alive forevermore and that no cross and no grave could ever hold him down 
and the promises of God say can never hold you down. And we must walk with great power, great authority. The power of the name of Jesus. That we are bought and paid for in full which gives us freedom. We are no longer slaves. We are sons and we are daughters of the King. And I thank you, Lord God. And I praise you, Lord God. And I worship you, Lord God. with all my heart, my soul, and my strength. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.